Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. All right, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, today I, I'm really excited about the subject and the guests that I've got on here. And the subject is what the Bible says about money. And I know what you're thinking. All right, here's another preacher wanting money from my wallet, and that's not what this is about. Actually, this this interview that I've got with a good friend of mine is really about addressing what the Bible says about money and how we can apply those thoughts to our life. But real fast, I want to share with you that throughout the scriptures, Old and New Testament alike, there have been wealthy people and unwealthy. There's been rich, poor, and everything in between. Go back into the Old Testament, we read about Abraham, and Abraham was a very wealthy man. Job was a very, very wealthy man. Then you get into the Gospels, and you read about John the Baptist, who had camel's hair, as raiment, and he ate locusts and wild honey, and was just a homeless dude very poor. And then, of course, Jesus Christ, the one we all look to, the Son of God, even though he had a, he has a glorious place called heaven with great riches there, when he was on this earth, he didn't even have a place to lay his head. And so that, that gives us the idea that this life, we should be focused in our relationship with Jesus Christ first and foremost. However, sometimes when we do place our trust in money, It can do what Jesus said in the Gospels, where um, he said that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So the principle is, is that our trust is in God, not in money. Jesus said we can't serve both. However, it takes money to live. So what does the Bible say about this? Well, I'm really excited to introduce a good friend of mine, Daniel Colston. So what's up, Daniel? Hey, Brian. Thanks so much for having me on. I feel like you just preached a, a great mini-sermon there. I think we can just close this up and go home. So. Right on, man. That's cool. So for those of you who don't know who Daniel is, um, I met him a little while back and really cool guy. Um, we actually went on a cruise together uh, back in January, and we had a blast. But Daniel is a certified financial planner. He's also a pastor. Some people don't realize that. And he's an author and a landlord. So he's got a lot of things going on for him. But Daniel, why don't you tell us uh, about your journey, kind of like through your career path, uh, for those of people who may not know who you are. Thanks, Brian. Well, um, I went to Bible college straight out of high school and felt a calling of the Lord to enter the ministry. And so did a four-year undergrad program there and then was a bank teller for a year and a half. Hmm. And while I was um, a bank teller, I also transitioned into working for a church. And it was there I became a youth pastor for six years. And during that time, I also went back to school and got my seminary degree, my Master's of Divinity, Hmm. and and really studied the Bible and Hmm. dove into Greek and Hebrew and I also spent a year in Israel. And wow, studied, that's so uh, cool, man. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it, it was the time of my life. Um, if I could relive a year of my life uh, for the rest of my life, like Groundhog Day, that would be the year. So, in Israel. Yeah, in Israel. I can see why. Um, it was amazing. And so 
Uh, I, I loved my six years as a youth pastor and finished up my degree. And then the Lord called me on to become a financial advisor. And through that experience, I'm able to help er- people every day manage their money mm. and make wise decisions according to the Bible and, and just minister to people through some of their most difficult times of life and managing their money. That's really cool, man. Um, you know, the Bible says in Revelation that they overcame them by the word of the Lamb and, and their testimony. And I always think it's cool for people to just share their testimony. So I know you shared about your career path, but how, how about sharing with us uh, how you came to know Christ as Savior? Yeah, so it was a pretty interesting story, Brian. I grew up in a, uh, a pretty conservative family and church environment and enjoyed that and also kind of went through a rebellious phase from from ages 13 to 15 mm-hmm. kind of trying to find my identity right. and also just dealing with being a teenager right and kind of went through this awkward phase where I, I didn't know who I was I, I liked listening to different types of music so mm-hmm. you catch me one day with a hoodie on and I thought I was a gangster you'd right. catch me the next day with <laughs> cowboy boots and a oh, belt buckle wow. on and you're a country boy. yeah, yeah I, I was a country boy <laughs> yeah um, but I lived in the county and I went to a private Christian school so mm-hmm. it was it was really fun times but as I was seeking to find my identity uh, and as a 15 year old I, I really had a a heart to heart um, and just come to Jesus moment where I, I knelt down next to my bed in my bedroom and just prayed and asked the Lord to save my soul mm. and to to do a miraculous work in me and to make my heart right with God. And and it was a, a big turnaround experience for me because I had been I had gone through this rebellious phase mm. and so everyone around me could notice the change. They said, Daniel, you're smiling more like What's wow. different? You're, you're you're nice to everyone now. Like you go out of your way <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, nice yeah. to people. Wow. What, what's going on here? You, you've completely changed. Mm. And it, it was an awesome experience. And I knew at that point that I wanted to serve the Lord the rest of my life. Amen. That's really cool. Um, you know, it's awesome. You know, the Bible tells us that when we put our faith and trust in Christ, He forgives us of our past, present, future sin, and we get heaven as our eternal home. And that's the greatest riches that we could ever have, for sure. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting, you know, sometimes people think that when you're called to ministry, um, this is kind of like a side subject if you're listening, but uh, sometimes people get this idea that if you are called by God to minister, that you have to be in that certain area your whole life. Whereas the scriptures talk about there's different prophets right. like Haggai who came on the scene and just prophesied for just a season. And then God called them to another area of service. And so right now, you know, it's kind of cool that you have that history in the church, but now you can help people inside the church where a pastor like myself does not have the credentials to be able to help them at least steward the money that God has given them. And that leads me to this question. How does your faith impact your business and um, pretty much how, how does your faith impact how you conduct your business in the world of finances? And that's a great question, Brian. And, you know, when you hear the words financial advisor, a lot of people, their mind goes to different places. And sometimes they think of like a used car salesman or this guy who's trying to sneak into my email inbox and mm-hmm. trying to capture my information and, and 
and then, you know, get me on, on the hook for an appointment or a scheduled phone call or something like that. But really, when it comes down to how I let the Bible inform my work and my profession, the word integrity comes hmm. up. And when you study the Bible and when you, you study what the Bible says about money and also uh, the industry I'm in, integrity is, uh, is the most important thing. And um, it, it's important because people are handing over their life savings to me hmm. to manage. And so it's important that I be known as a man of integrity and have um, an upstanding reputation in the community. And, and also, hmm. I facilitate uh, and manage their money in, in according to the trust that they have put in me mm-hmm. and the trust that God has put in me. Wow. And so I actually had the privilege of going to a conference in Orlando this past February with 1,600 other Christian financial advisors. Oh, wow. That's super cool. It was awesome. <laughs> wow. And, uh, I mean, we were getting together and, and doing worship, mm. and we, uh, Charles Billingsley-led worship. No kidding, huh? And Alistair Begg preached. Okay. All right, man. And we had some heavyweights in there. We, we had some heavyweights, and then yeah. uh, we had um, Mark Greenberg, uh, or I forgot his last name. The the owner of Hobby Lobby was there. Oh yeah, okay. So we had like you know the most um, the most famous Christian billionaire you know right. that, that we can, that we have. That's so, so crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine being a billionaire? Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it, it's crazy. Oh, and man. you know, it's so funny. We're talking about stewardship, and I I can't think of a better poster boy for Christian stewardship. No doubt. Than Mart because. He has said, you know, his kids aren't going to get his money. He's giving all of his money away to uh, to charities and, you know, the Lord's work. So it's just amazing. That's crazy cool. Wow. I mean, talk about sacrifice, man. That's a lot. Exactly. Huh. We talk about the, uh, you know, Jesus when... um, when uh, those Pharisees were out there, that widow who came and gave two mites, so just like a couple pennies, really... Um, these Pharisees were scoffing at her because she gave so little. And Jesus said, hey, she gave more than all of you because she gave everything that she had. That's right. But imagine everything you have is billions and giving <laughs> that away. Giving it all away. Wow. Holy cow. I just, wow. I just, I just blows my mind. Um, well, hey, let, let's, let me ask you this. So um, obviously, you know, with an MDiv, you have – that's one of the – from my understanding, the most rigorous master's degree on the planet, 90-some credit hours, at least – Back when we took it, they might be dumbing it down now, but, yeah. but back then, man, it's, it's 90 credits worth. So after you've studied the Word of God, what principles have you seen in the Bible that can help us manage our money? Yeah, so um, for me, one of the most important verses on money is in the New Testament, and it's 1 Timothy 6.10, and it says okay. the love of money oh. is the root of all evil. Yeah. Now, a lot of people get that confused. They think that money is mm. the root of all evil. Right. It's not correct. It's the love of money yes. is the root of all evil. So it's not bad to have money. Mm. Uh, like you said, it's we have to live off of it. Mm-hmm. But it is bad to love money. And in, in fact, the the scriptures go on to say that uh, people have sought after this and they've pierced themselves through with many sorrows chasing mm. after this, trying to find this fulfillment from it. So in, in reading the Bible and especially Ecclesiastes mm. and books like that, my goal is to talk about 
not just getting rich because we can all get rich, but you could, sure. you could get rich and you could be miserable and you could be sinful and you could um, not be fulfilled in your life. So my goal is not to talk about getting rich, but mm. to experience human flourishing. Mm. And what I mean by that is being rich, not just with money, but mm. in your relationships and mm. physically and your relationship with the Lord mm. and how that affects every area of life. Because as the Psalms say, delight yourself in the Lord mm. and he will give you the desires yeah, of your heart. That's right. So when you are rich with the Lord, you can be rich in all these other areas of your mm. life. And now having studied not only theology, but also finance, mm. there are ways that you can optimize the wealth that God has blessed you with. Mm. Uh, whether mm. that's uh, your human capital, your mind, or, uh, or, or you just, you're blessed with a great job that provides for you or you inherited wealth. Mm -hmm. There are ways of optimizing that for God's kingdom and also for your happiness. And, and so that's what I try to help people capitalize on. Right on, man. That's super cool. As you were talking there about, you know, the love of money, I, I, I kind of, make this mental note that money is a terrific servant, but a horrific master. So it's one of those things that money was designed to just serve. That's good. Not to be a master. That's and when good. we make money our master and we begin to serve money, then we're in the bad place and we have made money God to our lives. So that's really good, man. I love that principle of not, not allowing that lust or greed for money to creep in. And it's such a temptation for all of us, every one of us. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in this world or what you do for a living. But that's cool, man. So um, so what recommendations would you give for somebody to who, who let's say they, they want to steward the money that they've got. So what would be some of the top recommendations you would give to them to help them do that? Yeah, so another verse that comes to mind from that question is Proverbs 22, 7, mm. which says the borrower is slave to the lender. And so I try to tell people to, to have a healthy approach when it comes to debt. Mm. Not all debt is wrong. Mm, you know, true. we have to oftentimes um, carry debt in order to get a primary residence. Sure. You know, we have to get a mortgage. Maybe you have to get a car loan. Not everybody can pay cash. Exactly. <laughs> right. Not everybody's Dave Ramsey. Exactly. Yeah. Not everyone's Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Dave Ramsey loves that verse. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's built his empire off of that verse of helping people get out of debt. Right. Which is great. So, so having a healthy relationship with debt is essential. And oftentimes just through the, um, the, way life goes is we have to go to college, we have to get student loans, and then we, we start our lives, and then you know we get a mortgage, we get a car, a credit card, all these things. So it's easy to find ourselves, especially in millennials, in debt. Hmm. And so it's important to have a healthy game plan for paying that off and getting out of it, and also a stewarding what God has entrusted you with. And so uh, building wealth and having more so that you can give more mm, to people. That's good. I like that. To God's work. Exactly. 
you know, the goal is not for all of us to become, you know, billionaires so we can be selfish and sit in our big houses and be mm-hmm. miserable and die alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, That's what that happens so fun. much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. Exactly. It's like the, these people, they work so hard their whole lives to get rich. And then, then they start hoarding their money because mm. they worked so hard to get where they're at. They, they feel like if they give it away, then, then all of the sacrifices they made mm. were for nothing. And wow. it, it's really sad. Um, you, you can understand the psychosis of why people would believe that. But, for sure. But it's, it's a very sad place to be. And so it, I think it's very good what you said that money is a, it's a terrific servant, but, but a horrific master mm. is, it is a tool. Mm-hmm. And we can use it correctly and, and we can use it to accomplish wonderful things for God's kingdom mm. and in our lives. And it, it's how we, it's how the world works. Mm. It's how we're able to, you know, um, house our families in these buildings and, and have children mm-hmm. and provide for them and provide for their education and future and do these all, all these great, wonderful things, go on missions trips and pay the salaries of the people who help us. And so it, as a tool, it can help us do so many things. And uh, that that brings to mind uh, what Jesus said, hmm. which is uh, where your treasure is, there mm. your heart will be also. Yeah, that's good. And so, um, you know, if your treasure is with God and the things of heaven and the spiritual realm, uh, then that then you're in a good place mm. to to not abuse money. That's good. And you will see money as a tool. Wow, that's good. I love that verse, by the way. That, yeah. that verse there, you know, where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Exactly. That's good, man. I mean, so many times, you know, especially when you're younger, you, you think that something is a really valuable and something you should treasure. But, you know, at the end of the day, the greatest treasure we have is Jesus. Amen. And eternal life in Him. Um, also, if someone yeah. was coming to me uh, wanting to to steward their money with, with biblical principles. I would yeah. also bring up uh, in the book of James, hmm. uh, who was a straight shooter. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah, from his his background. But he, he says, you know, if you cannot provide for your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. Wow. He, yeah. Doesn't, yeah. he doesn't pull any punches there. He so, does not, yeah. You know, there's this... There, idea out there that like oh you know like i'll just leave it up to god and do whatever i want and i can rack up debt and i Mm -hmm. don't have to do this planning and i'll just see what happens um but that's incorrect thinking because Mm. according to james and the new testament um you have to take care and you have to plan and and work hard and you know paul said the the laborer is worthy of his wages Mm. and paul you know was asking the churches to pay him to be a missionary to go out and do work but he also was a tent maker um that's right and and so he had uh uh, another job so that's exactly right working and working hard and getting paid and and you know even jesus was a carpenter so exactly that's uh, so true yeah which is great um and you, you can make a lot of money in the trades here in America today. So. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. It just takes a lot of work, yeah. you know, being a carpenter. I, I, don't, yeah. I can't do that. It's not my calling. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I, I, would, I would probably cut my finger off with a power saw. Dude, so. I cut my leg off. Yeah. <laughs> not just a finger. Oh, man. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, hey, I got this question for you. Um, yeah, first of all, I know what it's like to, to be broke. When I graduated from college, I had barely enough money to get home. 
<laughs> but then, then I also know what it's like to work for a few years and have money and have no idea what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Let's say I come into your office and I say, Daniel, I've got about twenty or $30,000 in the bank. What should I do with it? Yeah, and that's a great question, and I get that question all the time from clients. And here's what I say is the answer to any financial question is always the same, and it's always a two-word answer, and the answer is it depends. Okay. So, it depends. Thanks for the help, man. (laughs) Right. I know, because someone coming to me with $30,000 – Well, okay, it depends on so many factors. Sure. So, for instance, you know, is your car paid off? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you own your home or are you renting? Uh, Do you have credit card debt? Do you have student loan debt? Oh, that's good. Um, You know, what kind of wealth do your parents have? Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of life plans do you have? Mm -hmm. Like, are are you married or are you going to get married or are you a single guy? Yeah. Do you want to have kids? Do you have kids or do you want plan on having kids? So, but if someone... Uh, let's just say for this example, say a a husband and wife come into my office, they own their home, they have a good mortgage on it, and they have no credit card debt, they have their cars paid off, and they said, you know, um, we're doing great, Um, husband works full-time, wife works part-time, and we we have a $30,000 of discretionary assets just sitting in our checking. Mm -hmm. What what should we do with it right now? (laughs) It's a lot in checking. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot in checking, brother. That's a lot of money just to be sitting in checking. So I, I'm glad that they are in my office. Yeah, for sure. In this in this virtual example. So um, I would say the first thing you do is create an emergency account. So That's good. In, an emergency fund, and that would be three to six months of living expenses. Mm. So if they have kids, um, you know, you want to set aside that money so that if something were to happen, the husband were to lose his job or the mm-hmm. wife were to lose her part-time job, they could make it three to six months. Mm-hmm. And during that time, go out and find another job, do something, mm-hmm. and they'd be able to make their mortgage payment, buy groceries and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then aside from that, I would say max out your employer-sponsored retirement plan. Okay, that's good. Such as a 401k or if you work at a nonprofit, a 403B, hmm. um, or if you're self-employed, you know, maybe a SEP IRA or a simple IRA, max out that employer-sponsored one. Make sure you're getting the, the match on that, whether mm-hmm. it's 3 or 4 or 5% right. match. And then above that, you may be eligible to contribute as well to a either traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Hmm. And I would say do that as well. Yeah, okay. And then good. if you've got an event planning for, uh, I would say, you know, sock money in, away for that and save for that. That's good stuff, man. I mean, I feel like that, that sometimes, you know, we sometimes people can build up a nest egg and people will have sometimes hundreds of thousands just in a savings account. And there's plenty of other ways to, to, to invest that than just getting like, you know, $10 a month all exactly. year, you know, to, to get that. But that's really great. Very helpful information. It does depend on the situation. So thanks for elaborating on that. And, you know, as we've been talking, I've been thinking about different areas in the Bible with that one parable about the, the talents where there were three guys and, and the two of them went and doubled the the income they had and, and the other one just took and buried it. So um, along with like, like you talked about the 
planning for retirement, which we should. So let's say I am maxing out my retirement and um, I'm taking care of all those areas that you said. What are some other ways that that we could, let's say we have an extra few thousand dollars or $10,000 that we can just invest in? What would be a good way to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I love that parable. And, you know, the whole point of that parable is Jesus is saying, you know, it, you are responsible to, to God for stewarding the resources that he has given you, hmm. regardless of what resource that is. That's good. Uh, oftentimes we think of money as the first one, mm-hmm. but it could be your intellectual abilities mm-hmm. or your musical talents mm. or, or your physical abilities. You know, like there are guys who are six foot six and 300 pounds and they can carry a piano up into a house a lot better than I can. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and so that, that's a good stewardship of that ability. Mm. Um, but you know, maybe I can manage finances better than he can. And Mm. I'm sure there are people who can play, um, play the piano better than I can. Sure. Um, you can, and um, (laughs) maybe some days. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, whatever God has given us, we are to steward that mm. and to do something with it, you know, not just sit, soak and sour. Yeah. Because if we're just, you know, sitting around and just, you know, not being productive, not, not working for the Lord, uh, he's not honored and glorified by that. And, and so I see the calling of every individual is to make the world a better place through their unique, uh, ability to do that. And so, um, I love that parable of the talents mm. and and Jesus is really really hard on that guy he is, goes yeah. and buries the money and doesn't do anything with it. He's vicious. So, yeah. It seems like he's like, "Man, you well, you did very poorly with that. I'm not going to give you anything else." Wow. And so the lesson there is when you're faithful in the small things, That's it. God will trust you with more things. Exactly. And so applying that biblically, hmm. you know, you don't want to just stick money in a savings account and get, you know, 0.01% on it. Yeah. I mean, on $100,000, that's 10 bucks. You know, I would hate to just get 10 bucks back. Maybe on your uh, safety net, you know, like your yeah. three to six month expenses, but exactly. not, not anything beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. For an emergency fund, you could put it in a CD and get 2% back sure. uh, in today's market. And, um, and I mean, that's great. I mean, on $100,000, that's two grand. Yeah. So it's free I mean, money. Yeah. Two, I'll take two grand over $10 any day. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so, so you're saying, um, if someone has some more discretionary assets, yeah. they, they've already maxed out their retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, invested in a brokerage account. Hmm. Um, and in there, you're going to be taxed on the, any of the income that comes out of there. But there are ways that you can even get around that taxation. Mm. So you can invest in municipal bonds, which if let's say, you know, we're here in Roanoke, Virginia, let's say you bought a Roanoke City municipal bond, then um, that is federal tax free. Mm. So you're not going to pay any federal taxes on the income you got from that. And and you may be eligible to. Um, not pay any Roanoke City taxes as well if you live in the city. Mm-hmm. Now you will still pay um, state taxes on that, but that's that's minimal uh, compared to the the federal taxes. Some other things you can mm. consider is uh, giving to giving to the Lord's work. Mm. You know, if you have 
if you have discretionary assets and you know you're good, those are the type of people that God calls on to give to the ministry. Wow, that's true. I, I think about the church in Philippi, mm, and you know, yes, Paul went in there, and um, there was this demon possessed girl, mm-hmm. and and he cast the demons out of her right. and and then she started coming to this church and then uh, there was the jailer the and, jailer and and he got saved and his whole mm-hmm. family got saved and so uh, he's like a blue collar worker he's coming to this church and then there's Lydia who's this very wealthy businesswoman she she was like selling linens and purple pieces of clothing essentially she was a fashion designer mm. very wealthy and so uh, Paul meets meets these people and founds the church at Philippi. Mm-hmm. So you have this little girl, right. like a like a college girl, mm-hmm. no money. You have this blue collar worker, and then you have this wealthy businesswoman. Business. Yeah. And who do you think helped start the church there? It was Lydia because they were mm-hmm. meeting in her house. That's right. Yeah. And so she. Good. Wow. Yeah. So God has called us to give to the church based out of our means. Mm. And, and yeah, like the widow gave her widow's mite all that she had, and that's awesome. And and the more we have, the more we're able to give to God's work. That's true. Amen. Wow, that's good, man. That's some good stuff. Um, and, you know, you can never outgive God. And Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. And, you know, what we sow, we will also reap. You know, so the, that's true. What, what we sow in this earth, we're going to, in a sense, reap in eternity. And so... Um, that's awesome, man. Now, for those who may not know, like you are an author, and I've read your, I've read one of your books. I know you have a couple of them out, but you're coming out with a new book. Yeah. So tell us about the new book. Yeah, I'm so. It's kind excited. of about all this stuff that we're talking about. Exactly. I'm so excited about this book, and it is called Success in Life and Money. Hmm. And I, I call it that. I wanted to title it that because I was thinking about, you know, success and money. That, that's what a lot of the book is about. But then I thought more about that. And I was thinking, you know, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, you know, we could all become like Scrooge and have plenty of money, but then be a miserable old curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't want to do that. So, yeah. um, so how can we maximize human flourishing? Mm. Solomon was, you know, mm. the king of Israel. He yeah. had so, like untold riches untold. and 300 wives and 700 concubines. Yeah. That's another and, topic for another yeah, day. Yeah. 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 Another <laughs> podcast. We'll do another podcast on that. Um, yeah. You can have your Mormon friends, you know, yeah. in on that. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. But, um, oh, man. but you know, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes and in this book, he's basically saying all, everything is vanity. Everything is pointless. Like I'm unhappy. I'm unsatisfied. And here he is, he has untold riches, and he was the wisest man in the world. And so there, there has to be a point where we maximize our happiness through what we have. And the point is not just to get more and more stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus tells the parable about this guy who just kept getting bigger and bigger barns and then harvesting and putting the grain in these barns. But then, then he died one night, mm. and then he couldn't take any of that with him. Hmm. And so uh, my book is about experiencing human flourishing. So how can we be rich, not just with money, but in life and in our relationships and all these things? And I take my background in, in theology mm. and also in finance 
And I pieced together a book that really shows you how God wants you to manage your money. It's awesome. But also, you know, it does... I do put in there advice about how to grow your wealth. Right. You know, I want to be uh, upfront with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with Nothing wrong growing with that. your wealth. Absolutely. Exactly. I think um, the more you do that, the more you're able to give to others. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of practical tips in there about, you know, no matter where you are in your walk, whether you're straight out of college or newly married or single and living the dream or or you're you know <laughs> yeah. getting ready to retire right. whatever you're doing you can learn something from this book and i talk about um, stocks and bonds and what is an ira mm-hmm. and, That's and good. very practical stuff and i the way I write it is just as if I were sitting across from you at a coffee at shop, a coffee shop yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. That's my writing style. That's, all, that's the best style, man. You know, yeah. If you have to get a dictionary out, you know, we're not in grad school. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we're exactly. not in like Greek class, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, the only people who bought those books in grad school... Uh, bought them because they had, had to, to for a class. Had to. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to reading this book, man. It's going to be good. And and uh, how, how, if, if let's say I want to get a copy of the book. What's the best way for me to get a copy? How can I get it? Yeah. So you can you can go to the Amazon go to the Amazon website and in the Amazon search bar type in Daniel Colston money and it'll pop up. That's cool. And you have other books on there. Exactly. Just for fun, what are some of the other books that you have on Amazon right now? Yeah, so I wrote, um, my favorite one is called Unstoppable, How to Chase Your Dreams, Mm. Achieve Your Goals, and Find God's Best for Your Life. And that's the one I read. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, man. It was very inspiring. Yeah, thank you so much. And and that one was just about how to, I mean, it's just in there in the title. You know, chase your dreams, achieve your goals, you know. Mm -hmm. God hasn't called us to sit, soak, and sour, but... But get off our behinds and go out and do something. Mm-hmm. So that's how to achieve your your goals. And I've written some other books. I wrote an apologetic book about uh, why following Jesus makes sense. Okay. And um, a book about St. Patrick because he was such a great missionary. Mm. And it's a biography about him. And not many people know his story. Mm. They just celebrate St. Patrick's Day and they don't really know what it's all about. Wow. And they don't even realize he was a great missionary that, you know, mm. helped Ireland really see the gospel. Huh. I mean, the whole country. So wow. it's amazing. That is amazing, man. And, um, and, and I... I wrote another book called um, Contentment, and mm. and that's just a great little thirty minute ebook read. Okay, and just about uh, kind of what we've been talking about so far about really finding contentment in life mm. and and true satisfaction independent of circumstances and what what is going on in your life but finding fulfillment in God and in life. Let's go and you get all those on Amazon. You can get them all on Amazon. Just yep. searching your name. Yep. Cool. Cool. Um, so um, it, let's say somebody want, had some financial questions and they wanted to reach out to you. How could they get in contact with you? Yeah, so they could find me on my company website, which is American F as in fudge and P as in party. And so that stands for financial planning. So American Financial Planning uh, dot US. So www.americanfp.us or find me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you can just search my name, Daniel Colston. Nice, man. Yeah. So how about some uh, any any last parting tips that, that you might have for anybody listening? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think that um, if I could leave one piece of information for or one piece of advice for your listeners, I would say just to trust the process and trust God. Mm. He owns everything anyways. Mm. And don't stress about money, whether you have not enough or you have, you know, above and beyond what you need. Don't stress about it. Pray about it. And and if you are in a position where you can help and give more and manage your money, um, seek the most efficient and effective way to do that. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, it's been a blessing having you on here, man. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. Amen. Just before we go, guys, I uh, want, want to share just this last verse with you. It's uh, from the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 8, and he says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Uh, real fast, I heard of a story where this billionaire um, had so much money, but he was so overweight he could not get out of bed. And so the point of the, issue, the, point of the matter is this, is that you could have all this money in the world, but if you died without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it was all in vain. So Jesus said it best when he said, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Remember, Jesus is our master, not money. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.